Welcome to The Lock-In, episode nine. Dara is here with me. You might be wondering what I'm doing wearing this. And, and actually, Dara, if you want to engage your mic and, and talk. Um... Yeah, this was uh, not one of our better ideas, I don't think. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I think this will be forever known. Episode nine, where they decided to go for some prop comedy and that's usually the beginning of the end i think pretty much yeah. it, could, it could have been even worse because uh when when you sent the message yesterday going do you have a shower cap i was pretty sure we didn't so i asked marie and she was like just put underpants on your head it's the same <laughs> well we didn't have to put underpants on our head we found shower caps the reason for that of course is our guest this week is the one the only luke vrabel aka slay welcome to the show hello <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here with you fine gentlemen. What do you think of the effort we've made just for you? Uh, I love it. You guys look great. I did notice you, just as we uh, before we, we, we took off here, you did inhale from a device, and I was wondering if you might just think you'd hit that, that device a little bit hard. Oh, oh no, that's, uh, that's uh, just nicotine, but I could smoke some drugs on stream too if you guys want. <laughs> Not sure. We've been reasonably well patched up here, and our sponsors around. We might, we might. Uh, no, I keep it PG thirteen anyway. I only smoke the good stuff, you know. <laughs> well, look, it really ain't that big a deal. We had um, Jamie on the show last week. She was our last guest, and we were talking to her about how, in an alternate universe, you, uh, she would have been in the commentary box at the World Series. Uh, sort of talking people through bust outs galore as it would have been hitting the end stages of course in that same alternate universe you would be also uh, involved in all these bust outs that would be taking place showering them on social media you know honestly it was a little a little worried that you know the uh, encore wouldn't be as good as the original <laughs> so maybe an extra year off will give me uh, more power when it comes back but I think the demand is still there. People love to see me make fun of people. So I, I'll, I'll keep doing it. Um, well, so much so I believe the demand is there that, am I right in saying, you might have been pulling our leg here, but you did tweet out about a week ago that someone from GG had approached you with a view to maybe showering people online. Oh is that true? Yeah, I'm pissed off about that, actually. The guy messaged me, some British fellow, uh, one of your guys. I mean, I don't know where the hell you guys are from, but <laughs> whatever. Oh, Dara's from Ireland. Lappin, you're from Ireland also? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I mean, that, okay, yeah, no, you're not Lappin, British. Anyway, Lappin's so, what Irish okay. people call a West British, which is uh, <laughs> the biggest insult an Irish person can say to another Irish person. You know, I'm part Irish, actually. Oh, that explains a lot. That does explain <laughs> But anyways, so this freaking British fuck hits me up, and he's like, oh, yeah, we know, mate. We want you to do some uh, uh, some uh, showers for us on the GG Poker podcast. And I was like, oh, great. This sounds awesome. I'm in, you know? And then he's like, but I have to run it up to my bosses. Okay. And right when he said he had to run it up to his bosses, I knew I was done for, you know what I mean? Like, once yeah. he, once you got to go to Daniel Negreanu and uh, you know the poker go people, I knew that I would never hear from the man again. So I, yeah, I, he he never got back to me. So I blocked him, and you know that's it. <laughs> we, well, speaking of blocking, um, you did mention to us just again before we we took off that uh, you you prefer being in the dominant position of blocker and are particularly uh, pissed off when you become blocky. Well, what happened today? 
I don't like getting blocked. That's true. Um, today I was blocked by Marl Cordero, um, who I don't even follow because her takes are just so freaking awful. I had to unfollow her, but I was, I was alerted to a conversation because, uh, you know, I keep my eyes on things and, uh, you know, I said, oh, that's another terrible take from Marls, which is, you know, that's, that's pretty tame. That's not that bad. All I said was it was a terrible take, and she blocked me. So, you know, I don't like being blocked. I like to do the blocking myself. Um, so I was a little upset about that. But now I'm blocked by most of the people whose views I just can't stand. So maybe that's good for my sanity. <laughs> I did notice that... Um... I, I watched that episode and I did notice that there was a little bit of friction between Marley and Jamie over that thing. I hope they, you know, make up off camera. Uh, it was a little tense. They were there with Ryan DePaolo, who I guess is becoming a bit of a star in poker right now. Dara, did you follow the story of Ryan and his incredible result in the car parking lot of Old Foods? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a great story. It kind of sums up the, um, the way the WSOP has been, going let's say where <laughs> i mean feraldo actually joked to me last year that at, in five or ten years time the wsap would be like a fifty thousand runner uh the main event would be fifty thousand runner fifty dollar freeze out uh it'd be running in, in the car park in the rio that we wouldn't even be allowed into the rio um so it's it's and and we saw uh, our former guest rob campbell getting his bracelet in a in, a, in the car park last year so Car parks seem to be a recurring theme now with the WSP. You know, it's a world series of car parks. Well, it's funny. Like, like at some level, it's obviously a great story because it was he, particularly because he's a blogger. He's very entertaining. He's a funny guy, and uh, and and the way he sort of pulled it off was really funny. And um, you know, he, he what he had like a third place finish in the classes last year. So he's had a couple of nice touches now. I know he's basically just gone pro this year. So. Amazing uh, uh, result from him. He's kind of the star of the show, but actually, coming back to you, Luke, one of your pals, uh, Miguel F uh, Fiesta, uh, Michael Letch. Oh, Mikey. Uh, yeah, you guys know Mikey. Gentleman. Tell us about him. Uh, Mike's like a man of the world. He travels to all these countries. He uh, He's just like one of the coolest people you'll ever meet. Never, never angry about anything. And he plays a real different style. Like most people would watch him play and they would say, oh, this guy, what's he doing? But he's a nat he's, he's what I'd call a natural. Like I've never seen anything like it the way he plays, but he just crushes everything. It's crazy. Like people will watch him play. They think that he's friggin' just clicking buttons, but he's just dominant. He just dominates. So I was happy to see him win a bracelet. And DePaulo, like, how about this freaking guy? This guy's nuts. Like, he's a little crazy. Don't really know what he's talking about, what he's doing. Sometimes you see him and you're like, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? But then other times you see him and you're like, wow, this guy speaks to me. Like, I can relate to that guy. Like, me and that guy, like, I feel like we would have a, you know, a nice little uh, yin and yang. And I don't know. I like, I, like, I like what he's fucking bringing to the table, though. You know, in the parking lot, like, you got to love that. Like, seemed like he might have been on drugs. Like, you got to <laughs> love it. You know what I mean? Like, like if you're sitting in a parking lot all night, you got to be on something. Like, I, I, can't, I can't imagine he was sober for that. And he wins 160K in the parking lot. Like, how can you not love that? Come on. Like, that's America right there. That is, yeah, yeah. probably the most stable interconnect connection he'd had all week. That you know he'd been sort of flitting around the outskirts of Jersey or whatever you have to do. 
Uh, and he said, actually, he finally got a solid connection at Whole Foods. But had he known he was, would win it, he feels now like it's a bit tarnished that it was outside of Whole Foods and not like outside something a bit seedier. Yeah, Whole Foods is a little too, uh, little too, little too bougie, as they say. It's very bougie. Like yeah, if he would have been at like a Seven Eleven, you know, but they don't have Wi-Fi. Or he must have had his own Wi-Fi. You got to figure. I think he was hopping between the, the 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 strip mall Wi-Fi and his phone. And the phone hotspot, yeah, because because yeah. Whole Foods has quality Wi-Fi. Right. I, I wonder if that means now that Whole Foods uh, parking lots are going to be absolutely jammed with people playing on their phones because the, the world will get around that this is where you get the best Wi-Fi. The luckiest Wi-Fi, too. And, and the wrong good Wi-Fi, too. Yeah, poker players being so I don't blame them, you know. Hotels are real expensive around New York City. You probably didn't <laughs> want to pay 200 bucks for, you know, a few hours. It's, it, it's pretty surreal that this is what it's come to, that not only do people have to play on their phones, but they actually have to drive to another state and find somewhere... They can park that has reasonable wi-fi <laughs> yeah um, i mean it sucks man i mean it's been nine years and uh you know we still don't have legalized poker here yeah and uh it's brutal and now you got the wsop running two separate uh series at the same time it's just kind of you know it's cool but it's, it's kind of a joke too at the same time well i want to get to that and I, and I definitely want to get your take um luke but i want to go to you first dara I, were you playing last weekend when GG had their issues? I know you are planning to play a decent chunk of the GG events. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I did actually. As, as Luke tweeted me afterwards, congratulations on making a day two. Because I, <laughs> I, the, the tournament lasted only four and a bit levels. And I only managed to lose half my stack in that time. <laughs> so, Hell of a run. So technically, I'm, I'm, I'm into my first uh, day two. Um but yeah, I was playing. It was infuriating as hell. Uh, I couldn't really understand what the problem was either because other tournaments were running normally. It was a very weird DDoS attack, if, if, if that's what it was. Yeah, um, I mean, I think their servers just weren't prepared or something. Yeah, but perhaps. But how are they doing it? How, how, how are they going to make everyone who registered last week play? Like, you'd think they would just cancel the event. Yeah. Yeah, well, basically, it just disappeared from the lobby, and it reappeared yesterday with all our stacks back, and, and we and they sent us all a message saying it's starting again on Sunday at the same time as yeah, it started last Sunday. But I mean, that's preposterous. W there are people who could who can't play this weekend who entered yeah. the tournament last weekend, assuming it will be over by the following weekend. Uh, so yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. I, th I think they've dealt with it really badly too because I mean obviously DDoS attacks are inevitable and you can't really blame poker sites uh, but you can blame them for their response and the response has been just downright bizarre first of all postponing for a week secondly they announced oh we're going to compensate everybody for the for the um for, for for the frustration and the compensation was basically they doubled the charitable donation which you know is nice <laughs> but that's how how does that compensate the players exactly it's like giving saying oh we'll give everybody 100 bucks but actually we're not giving you the 100 bucks we're going to give it to COVID. they should have freaking done it in the first place right i yeah. mean that always rubs me the wrong way when the venue is like hey we're running this charity tournament and then they give zero yeah. Yeah. all the players have to give but we're not giving anything yeah. I mean, I get it. Like, you know, they're organizing the tournament. So, like, technically, they're doing something. They're raising the money. The money wouldn't have been going there. But, like, with an online site, it's like, do we even trust these people that they're actually making the donation? Like, that's who a, that's verifies a really good this? Yeah. Who verifies this? You know what I mean? It's just, it rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. The well, whole thing with GG rubs me the wrong way. Because, you know, 
a lot of Americans have supposedly been playing on there. Uh, and now all of a sudden they have a problem with it and they're sending out these emails like, oh, you have to prove to us that you're in another country. And, you know, being that we're Americans, we're not even allowed to leave our country anymore <laughs> because we're such a freaking joke. Um, so people have to provide proof. I mean, I'd imagine if you just send them some bullshit itinerary, they're going to let you play. But it just seems disingenuous to me because they had a bunch of their agents going around to American players and telling them, hey, come play on this site. You can use a VPN. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah. And now they're like confiscating funds. And it just seems like very dishonest to me. I don't know. I would never do such a thing as play on a site like that. Obviously, that Obviously. goes without saying. I follow the letter of the law. <laughs> always, always. You are known for that. Awesome. Dara, I have to say, we did predict this on the very last show. We spoke with yeah. Jane. You predicted it. She predicted it. Yeah. And uh, you both had a, a chance to speak on it. It was essentially sort of what Luke is saying. The, the, the agents went round. People yeah. were encouraged to play. There was kind of a suggestion that a blind eye might be made. But yeah, then, absolutely. Jane said... You know, well, that's all very well and good, but like, you know, we can't actually leave. So we're definitely going to be forced to VPN or not play. So a lot of these people are going to be VPNing. And then you made the very valid point, which is that, well, actually what normally happens in these spots is like lose all your money on a VPN, but win any money on a VPN and now you're fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's like, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I mean, there were all sorts of ambiguous statements coming from, you know, their representatives saying, oh, well, Americans can take whatever steps they need to play given the current situations. So it sounded like they were more or less saying wink, wink, use a VPN, but, but now people are actually uh, getting caught. The, the, actually, but actually the WSIP in general, it's, it's kind of weird. Like the guy that, um, that Ryan Beat heads up is a English pro that you and I know, David, obviously. Mm -hmm. And he's been playing all the WSIP.com events. So that means presumably he must be either in Jersey or Vegas right now, but he's also playing the GG events, which uh, in theory you're not allowed to play from there. So, like, how does that work exactly? <laughs> yeah, you gotta maybe have maybe you have to have like w w one arm in each in each province. And then you have to, <laughs> there, there, there's there's like a few places in America where you can be in like four different states at the same time with each limb. Maybe he's yeah, I guess you could quarters. be on the border in California <laughs> and just you got you got your your Canadian phone here in this hand, and you got your American phone in the other. Yeah, yeah, speaking of America, Lappin, I got a little bone to pick with you. Right, right. You've been giving uh, you've been giving my boys a tough time on your Twitter, you know. You're I mean, I get it. Like, you know, like it's okay if I say it. It's okay if I say it, but you know, like, come on, man, like, lay off a little, you know. Like, come on. I feel very close still to America. We used to live in only a couple of miles apart. Um, uh, back in back in what was it, like late 2000s 2008 to 10 maybe something like that that's crazy and we didn't even know each other too bad uh, yeah so you, you, so you lived there then? 10 years ago that obviously gives you the right to uh to, to criticize america for the rest of time david exactly yeah <laughs> if you've spent any amount of years there you, you spent two years there. i mean you're practically american like i mean i'm not saying he's wrong about anything he's <laughs> saying i'm just saying it's like come on buddy like you know like i think of america we're like the attention whore of countries you know what I mean? Like, we love it either way. We just want everyone to read our tweets. You know what I mean? Like, and everyone gobbles that shit up, too. Like, everyone's like, ooh, America. Like, what's going on over there, you know? What did you make of your president's ability to remember five words yesterday? Oh, very impressed. I'm very impressed. Can't wait for a second. He did it term. twice. He remembered it back twice in the same interview. Oh, yeah. He is on point. 
and three of the words were almost the same word, so like <laughs> he can also he can also recognize what an elephant is when he sees a drawing of an elephant. So, yeah, Amer America's obviously in great hands. Were you aware that we won two beautiful world wars? <laughs> <laughs> they were so beautiful, the most beautiful wars, completely without any help from the Russians <laughs> yeah. or the British, anyone. We won them, the beautiful, beautiful yeah. world wars. We won them both. <laughs> Yeah. Right out of four two for two, two for two. Beautiful book boils has me rolling. I've been using that. I'm gonna use that line for years. <laughs> Joking aside, though, how do you feel about sort of the lockdown? I guess you know this show sort of began in the context of the lockdown, and Ireland over those months has sort of you know slowly made its way out. It's getting to quite a good place now, relatively. I'm super lucky in Malta. We've been basically normal for seven weeks, not COVID free, but like just a sprinkling of cases, almost no deaths. And that's been great. We've been able to sort of live our lives normally. And it being a small island, we could sort of lock most of the rest of the world away. Although we have now opened the border again. America, a completely different kettle of fish, obviously a more difficult country to manage, it's fair to say. The federal system does make it complicated, but it does seem fair that it's been abject failure on the part of the federal side, state by state, maybe slightly better and slightly worse responses you're in connecticut where i used to live how, how has it been there it's been one of the better states right yeah connecticut's actually the best state the only state at the moment that has the virus under control um i actually moved to massachusetts but uh mass is okay i mean it's embarrassing man i mean there's no other way to put it it's embarrassing people refuse to wear the masks they refuse to have their lives altered we're all arguing over every little fucking detail. I mean, it's embarrassing. Like, there's no other way to put it. Like, I mean, I, I, I mean, it's all already been said. I don't, I don't know what to, I don't know what to make of it. But I mean, I think Americans are very selfish and we're very entitled. And we grew up, you know, in the '90s, and a lot of people in my age group, at least, and we seem to think that, you know, we don't have to make any sacrifices. Um, because that's kind of how we were raised. Like, I'm not blaming our parents, but like we grew up in a very, I mean, I'm not gonna say weak for everyone, but I'm speaking for like white people who grew up in, you know, relatively comfortable uh, areas, which is a large portion of the population. Um, we just don't have any sort of um, selfless bone in our body. And I think that's really coming forward in the whole COVID thing. And then you've got the awful government leadership and it's really bad, man. It really is like, I know you guys aren't here, but it's really bad. A lot of people are very strapped for money. I read a stat that 33% of people didn't make their house payments in the month of July or June or whatever they were doing that calculate. Like that's, that's scary shit, man. Um, and it's not getting any better. It's getting worse. The cases are spiking. Vegas is on fire right now, Arizona, Florida. I mean, it's a mess, man, and it's sad. Yeah, it does feel as though uh, as we kind of get towards the autumn and winter months, that's where containment's so important because a second wave during a vulnerable time where the more vulnerable people are likely to get sick and die from it, frankly, and where you know a lot of people getting it at once will put a huge demand on ventilators and in the different hospitals. It is so concerning because... You know, whereas in Ireland we've done that thing with the curve where it's back down to kind of pretty low levels, Malta the same, a lot of European countries, even the ones that were pretty badly hit initially, 
are kind of putting manners on it. Where America, as you say, it's, it's actually a higher number than ever. There's two million active cases today, and that's you know growing by seventy-five, eighty thousand every day. So with those phenomenal numbers, you're talking about then maybe entering into an autumn, a late autumn, a winter, with no ability to contain us, no ability to, you know, stop the spread when that many people have it. And then I think you're talking about a bloodbath. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, the president just the other day finally came out in support of masks, which is like four months in. It's just ridiculous. I mean, I don't know, man. It doesn't look like it's going to get any better anytime soon. And then it's like, is this just going to be like this forever? Like, I don't know, man. This is uncharted territory. Yeah, it is very much so. Dara, to segue back to sort of, I guess, the, the realm of gambling or whatever. Yeah, let's go, let's go back to poker. Yeah. One, one, one area that we, we often talk about, uh, I, I don't bet on sports. I know you don't anymore either. But we, I would have an odd punt on uh, politics. And we would talk about the politics line on different things. And it would certainly feel as though, bizarrely, despite how maybe, particularly from a, a European perspective, Trump seems to have had a mess of a four years and um, he was doing okay until this happened. He was actually, it's, it's, it's COVID, which is going to get him if, if, if he's got uh, yeah. uh, in a hundred days time, more than Biden or the democratic party or their whole system of, of, of um, primarying someone. Yeah. He was a very strong odds on favorite uh, until, until coronavirus hit with, on the betting exchanges and with the bookies. And then it, it obviously started to move with COVID and now he's out to um, almost two to one. But, but I would say that there's a danger in the, in, in the way that people process sort of information like that. When they look at Biden now as a very strong favorite, a lot of people in their minds, they think, oh, that means he's going to win, that, that, that it's kind of a race and he's leading or whatever. All it really means is that it's like 60 to 70 percent likely that he's going to win. But there's still a 30 to 40 percent chance that, that Trump bounces back. And uh, big leads have, have more of a tendency to erode than to uh, to, to get bigger obviously that's just the nature of thing that he's got more people to hang on to so we don't really know what's going to happen um i think a lot of politics when you look back people people apply narratives to it and they say oh this happened because of that etc but it's it's like everything else i mean it is probabilistic and it's essentially there's a lot of random uh, variables going into the same thing so we can't really say what's going to happen right now it does look that that biden's a fairly strong favorite to uh, to win the election and unseat trump but, um, you know, it's pretty unusual for a sitting president not to get reelected in the States. Yeah, that's a really good point as well. It, it, it does seem for me, if you can kind of get any shred of positivity from polls, which I know aren't the final election, aren't the, the final outcome. Um, it, it does seem like maybe when the shit hits the fan or when actually you need a leader to govern, which I suppose in a crisis more so than ever, he's just been asleep at the wheel, that that's made people maybe wake up to the fact that like having an entertaining sideshow circus president is actually kind of awful when you when there's real world consequences yeah i mean i was looking at the polling data recently for me the most interesting thing was not that people thought that biden would have done a better job on the pandemic i mean i think pretty much anybody would have done a better job than trump did on the pandemic or 
that Biden would be better on the world stage. Um, I think even a lot of Trump supporters could recognize that, that might be the case. <clears throat> but uh, but interestingly, in the last poll that came out, they found that, he, that a, a very slight majority of people actually thought that Biden would handle the economy better, which is traditionally the preserve of the Republicans. And elections do tend to be won and lost mostly on, econ on, on the economy. I mean, when Clinton pulled off the huge upset back in the 90s, uh, he really just focused on the economy. The The slogan was, it's the economy stupid. Um, so if people are now thinking, okay, well, maybe Trump hasn't done his amazing job as he's constantly crowing on the economy, um, then I think that will be the, that could be the final nail in the coffin for him. But, you know, that could, that, that could turn around as well. I mean, they, 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 the, the, the Republicans are nothing if not resilient. And, uh, We've had in our lifetime, we've had some Republican presidents leave their country in a bit of a mess, and uh, and yet eight or ten years later, the Republicans come back. So, um, and as I said, it's very hard to unseat a sitting president. Well, the good news is that the greatest gambling mind of our time, Matt Delance, is on uh, Biden's side. So, <laughs> no fear. <laughs> if Glance is on Biden, we're all set. Don't worry. Oh, Don't God. worry about it. <laughs> Well, look, we will move the subject back to uh, completely away from politics now. Uh, although that was a worthy segue, I thought, because I was really keen to get both your perspectives on that. We're having sort of a summer of overlay online. I don't, I don't mean to make you feel jealous. I know you can't play the vast majority of this stuff. But I suppose the sites that are really exposing themselves right now, Dara, are uh, stars in a profound way. Mm -hmm. Stars have done 1.4 million in overlay in the last 17 days alone and they're entering into the period of their stadium series which is actually bigger so so good luck to them um and and you know what good luck to all the players who do you know what as poker players we get fucked by rake plenty so it's nice to you know actually have a bit of that return in some form or another so good luck if you're playing um it looks like the wpt series on uh, party poker is starting to feel vulnerable to some overlays as well Dara, just in a very broad sense, you know, because every site will have them, every tournament organizer will expose themselves to that risk of a guarantee and get overlaid once in a while. Is it bad for poker? Is it good for poker? Or is it sort of a mixture? I think it's very much a mixture. It kind of depends on who's overlaying. Like, it's very hard to feel any sympathy for stars overlaying because essentially all they're doing is they're giving back some of the, uh, some of the money they took from, from their best clients in, in previous years. Um, that said, I mean, I don't want to keep hitting on stars. It is, to be fair, uh, like the thing about stars traditionally was that they never even took the slightest risk with overlays. Uh, that was the way the company was run and that seems to have changed. So at least they're making more of an effort now to boost the player pool, um, by putting more aggressive guarantees, which they're not always hitting. So, uh, uh, when it's somebody like stars, it is very hard to feel sympathy for them. When it's somebody like party who have been hit a lot in the past with overlays as well and keep coming back and taking it on the chin. I think I would have a lot more sympathy to answer your broader question. I mean, it's obviously good for players in the short term. If there's an overlay, uh, like, you know, your, your buying can become 1.2 buy-ins or 1.3 buy-ins just by virtue of the fact that there's an overlay, but it's not good in the long term because it, sites won't, you know, our live organizers they won't allow this situation to continue indefinitely they'll cut back on guarantees they'll maybe stop running tournaments i always feel particularly sorry for like independent uh 
live tournament organizers when they have an overlay. That's that, that that's horrible to see. Somebody puts a lot of work for a few months into running a big event. They put up an aggressive guarantee. They don't hit it, and they end up uh, losing their shirt on it. Um, and there are people who, who, who for whom the upside isn't particularly big. Like even if they have a very successful tournament, it's not like uh, someone like Stars that benefits from people coming on every night. It's just a one-off. So I always feel very, very sorry for those people. Um, and I think it is bad for live poker in general when you see a lot of overlays because that dissuades other people from running big tournaments. Then, yeah, coming to you, like- sorry, coming to you now, Luke, on that one. I suppose a common theme that Darren and I cover both on the podcast and on this show when we get a chance, and just maybe a, a subject that we've spoken about a lot over our careers is that sort of sustainability of the ecosystem. Well, we work for Unibet Poker. They've always had a very particular vision on how to grow a poker site. It's a, it's a bit more slow and steady and gradual, but they want it to be a sustainable model that's, um, I, I suppose, um, d- doesn't aggressively bring in grinders, doesn't aggressively bring in pros, doesn't attract them with you know necessarily great rewards because it wants to sort of maintain a, a healthy ecosystem that's something that we believe in also unibet brought in some rake free games which we thought was really good around covid so that people could play rake free home games that was obviously a way to acquire customers for the upside for unibet but it also i think was a nice way to to give back as a general question because you've been around the game as long as us do you as a player care about the ecosystem do you do you sort of feel invested in that story in that sort of um you know, maybe mix all the sites together and all the live operators and kind of go, is this a healthy world? And can it kind of keep going? Well, to be honest with you, I do care a lot. Um, I don't think a lot of players do. Um, I think, you know, well, you know, like basically I barely qualify as a poker player at this point, Um, especially when it comes to the international sites, seeing as I don't even get to play on them. But back in my day, like, you know, it was a lot different. But I think it's like a lot of, short-sightedness maybe with with like but like they're running like three concurrent series at the same time i just don't see how this was gonna work ever and like the wpt thing is basically all for pros like no like i don't know like who's playing a fucking 10k or whatever or like a 3500 like the huge guarantees like if they miss them you know is it good is it bad I can't really say for sure. Um, this is such a unique uh, situation going on right now. Um, I really don't know. Like, and what stars is going to run the W coop again, like next month. Like, I don't know. It just seems like people are running out of money. Like I know for me, it's like with people, it's either during the freaking pandemic, someone's either up, up 300,000 or they're, you know, looking for a new career. Like, you know, <laughs> there's no, like, in-between. Like, people are either crushing or they're getting crushed. Um, and the more series you run, I mean, I guess it sways it a little bit, but I don't and know. Also, and also maybe the more big series you run, because I guess if you have a, a normal everyday weekly tournament, nightly tournament, where there's a few hundred people and there's 20 quick games and 50 quick games and it all works up, the money does move around. The people who are on a budget can lose a little bit and feed into it. The guys who are doing well can move up slowly. And and, and the variance isn't so horrible and people can actualize their edges if they have them and, and whatnot. Whereas what strikes me about just, the everlasting huge series, massive field series is we know only too well, like the world series is a great example of this. 
huge fields. We all show up to Vegas, you know, once a year. And it's an enormous festival of wealth redistribution. You know, but fucking 90% of people go home crying. 5% of people maybe go home with their shirt. And 5% of people are fucking delighted. And they've made loads of money. And they probably added a zero to their bank balance. And that's all great for them. But actually, in reality, it's an unsustainable model. It's because right. we only do it once a year. It's fine. This perpetual series that we've had, these like whatever, five or six now back-to-back online big ones with big fields basically means all the money is ending up in very few people's accounts. And like you said, people are just going to fucking run out of money. Yeah. The other thing I would say about the... Sorry, the other thing I would say quickly about the WSOP before letting Luke get in on the point is that what makes the WSOP unique is that it's this massive injection of recreational money every year. Like most of the money actually comes from recreational players. That isn't the case with the online series that are going on right now. Um, uh, it's, it, there, there isn't anything like the same infusion of recreational money. No, exactly. And like online GG, like, you know, it's, it, the, the fields are, are big, but, you know, you've got to figure it's mostly pros. Yeah, nobody's making a living there, and that's going to be um, a sad end to the summer, I feel, for, for maybe players and the sites, ultimately, who aren't going to make much money. The final thing I wanted to talk to you about, Luke, because it's something you weighed in on pretty heavily on Twitter, is a tweet by Matt Hunt, actually. I was really surprised to see this one from him. And you know, obviously, if he sees the show and wants to uh, uh, sort of answer us or if we get any of this wrong, by all means, we'll engage him in a, in a dialogue about it. But he did tweet, complaining about rake in a poker tournament is absurd. Rake is literally just the price you pay to enter the, the event. You may as well walk into Walmart and yell at the cashier because the Pop-Tarts are overpriced. Luke, why is he so fucking wrong here? I mean, I don't even know where to start with that. I mean, what? What? I need to gather my thoughts because I think my response to him was that it's the worst tweet I've ever seen in my life. And I was not exaggerating. And like that guy, I don't know him that well, but I, I see his tweets pop up. He usually, you know, has some pretty good tweets. Like, I, I, I'm not like trying to slam this guy because he seems like a fine guy. But for the love of God, like, what what comparison could you possibly make to a guy a guy complaining about raking a poker tournament to walking into Walmart and bitching at a cashier? Like, what are, what other what other avenue do players have to express their their views other than Twitter? I mean, like, where else are you going to be heard? I mean, the rake for the WSOP events they they had a nine fifty plus fifty, which is fine. And then they had a 700 plus 77. Well, where do you come up with this shit? I mean, I don't know, man. Like, that, that, that's just, that tweet was, and then Berkey chimed in. And Berkey is a real galaxy brain. Um, sometimes, no, like, sometimes, sometimes Berkey actually makes good points. Like, I'm not even going to fucking slam Berkey that much because I don't mind Berkey. But then, like, other times, I just get so angry at the things that he says. Um, and it's a lot of like, you know, making people want to sound smarter than everyone else. So they're like, well, if you're running a business, yada, yada, yada. It's like, man, shut up. Like, I don't know. And then Berkey said, Berkey said to, in one of his replies to me that, oh, well, you know, poker players should find another form of income. And it's like, oh, that's the poker dream now is like, oh, you know, like, <laughs> oh, you know, make, make 20K a year and then fucking you know, walk some dogs on the side. Like, bro, what happened to the dream? I became a poker player because I wanted to be lazy. Because I'm lazy and I don't want to do shit. 
And now it's like, oh, I need to get another form of income. I need to run a fucking training site. Like, uh, can, can I talk about these training sites? Like, every motherfucker has a training site now. Like, how many training sites do we need? Like, and, 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 and like, 150 bucks a month, some of them are charging. And it's like, okay, like, I'm sure they're giving away some good information. And I'm not even going to say I'm an elite player because I'm not. I mean, I'm, I carve out a living, but I don't really love the game like I used to either. Like, I'm not making excuses. I probably would love it a lot more if I crushed it. But, like, there's no fucking way that, like, you're going to pay your 100 – like, Joe Schmo is going to pay 150 a month, and he's suddenly going to be crushing. Like, you need to already know the game. And that's a big problem for poker right now is the barrier of entry. I don't know if that's the right term. But, like, to get into poker now, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take you years. It's going to take you a lot of hard work. You know what I'm saying? And these, these training sites are basically trying to exploit – um, you know, random people who just are think to themselves, oh, he can do it, I can do it. You know what I mean? And obviously they're helping people. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not hating on training sites at all. Like, sounded like you were. Okay, no, no, no. I am, I am. I am. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, okay, this, that's the wrong. <laughs> I'm not saying that training sites don't help people. I'm sure they do. But I don't know. It just seems very exploitative to me. And, you know, people like Berkey will tell you, oh, you need another income stream. And it's like his income stream is still based in poker. And he's telling people that they can't make a living at it, basically. Like, oh, the rake's too high? Get another form of income. What? I mean, I don't know. Well, Dara, turning to you, there's, there's two things I want to ask you to, to, to sort of pick out of what Lucas said there. The first one is regarding the WSOP, people complaining about the rake, which was very high. And what was very important okay, about that was that it wasn't actually visible on their site. You had to kind of go looking for it. It wasn't like 500 plus 50. They just gave the one amount and you're like, okay, which, how much of that is rake? That in the first instance is a little sly, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's always been that way with the WSOP, even when it was, you know, the very first WSOP I went to, you were told the buy-in is 10,000 for the main event. The side event is 1,500 and it wasn't clear how much the rake was. That's just always been their business model. Um it's kind of spread online to other sites now as well. I mean, like, it's not clear how much when you when you click on the lobby of the big fifty five, how much rake, yeah, how, how much, how much rake is taken. You have to kind of drill down into into different tabs and stuff. Very few sites even make it explicit anymore. Uh, it is part of the whole sort of like, well, let's we've been increasing the rake and let's try and make it less obvious to people that that's been happening. Um, and it's and it's just downright bizarre. Like 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 Luke said, you know, you have some very reasonable rake events. Like nine fifty plus fifty is fine, even for an online event. Um, uh, but then you got a seven hundred plus seventy seven. Like it's and essentially all they've done as well is to, they've taken across their live rake structures to online. But I mean, online tournaments are lots uh, cheaper to run. There's no reason why online tournaments should charge the same percentage rake as as live tournaments. Uh, you don't have to hire dealers. I mean, I, I don't need to go into it, but it's a, it, it's a, it's a lot cheaper. Um, maybe you could upgrade your servers <laughs> with some of the rake, but that doesn't seem to have happened. <laughs> the structures have been dreadful too of the U.S. ones. I don't know about the GG structures. I'm sure they're better. Um, the, the, they're bad. Well, sorry, your WSOP ones. So oh, the ones. Oh, the WSOP ones are horrendous. Or... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I watched a bunch of the the final tables, and it's all very shallow and. I don't know, man. Like, it's just, you know, I, as you, I, I used to love the WSOP before, you know, five, seven years ago. Even before they banned me, I was already fucking over them. Um, 
but like they've really be embraced like a corporate uh, approach to WSOP. Like I don't know if you guys played the WSOP 10, 12 years ago, but it was like it was for the it was for the players. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was for the players. Like yeah. you would go and it was just the greatest thing, you know? Yeah. It was just so amazing and they had the best floor people, they had the best everything, you know? And they really got away from that, you know, when 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 Jack really like took over. Like when he became like the not just the TD, but he became the vice president or whatever the fuck he is. Um and they really turned it into uh, you know, a money-making machine, which is fine. Like, you know, as Berkey would tell you, um, you know, that's how businesses work. But um, <laughs> we need, we need as poker players need to get together. Like I've always, I've been saying this for a few years. They need to get together and like take some of the power back because there's, that's the only way that anything's going to change. Um, and I don't know how to accomplish that. I'm not going to pretend that I do, but it's very, it's very disturbing to see the direction that all poker operators seem to be going in. Um, we used to have stars back in the day. Stars was the best, you know, mm-hmm. old stars. Um, and now what do we have? You know, I mean, party poker seems like they're decent. I don't know. Like Rob Young, he does. I don't, I'm not a big fan of his Twitter poll approach, but <laughs> people seem to love him. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I got blocked by Rob Young. I blocked by a lot of people, but I got blocked by Rob Young just because I said, Hey Rob, you know, maybe don't make company decisions based off the results of a Twitter poll. And that upset him. But I mean, what do we have right now? Like, who's looking out for the best interest of the players? I just don't see anybody doing that. Any, any, you know, I don't know. Well, I would obviously point over my shoulder to you that poker. <laughs> but but uh, no, but I don't. I want to get, come back to you, Dara, as well, because there's a second point I wanted to ask you, which is Luke very articulately sort of broke down maybe the economic model of those training sites and how many training sites there are and how uh, they're not affordable a lot of them are very expensive as well so this is what i think they call in show business a softball dara you're uh, currently selling a book right now which is a fraction (laughs) of the cost of one month subscription to one of these training sites and that will improve your game no end in probably the most popular format out there these days pkos am i wrong i'm not wrong (laughs) yeah i mean (laughs) I'm I'm feeling under pressure now as somebody who does produce content which I charge money for. <laughs> so no, I, no, your books are amazing. Come on. Thanks, Luke. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I mean, the training thing is interesting because uh, obviously there's different. They're not all the same. There are some ones who are better than others. I mean, there's a guy. I, I guess I shouldn't probably say his name, but he's doesn't have a great reputation in the poker industry apparently but if you go onto his website he's 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 like offering coaching for a thousand dollars an hour or something and and like that's just absurd i mean you have people who are essentially just selling the lifestyle of oh i'm a big poker pro and i go around and i play all these big cash games that i get invited to and now you can come on and i'll tell you to listen to whale music for an hour and that'll improve your game or something there's a lot of really really suspect stuff out there uh obviously good training sites as well and obviously great uh literary content but um, but yeah just before we move on from the the structures i mean i didn't realize how just absurd the wsap.com structures were until last night uh, one of my students sent me a hand from level one of the wsap event they were playing and said like what, what should i've done in this spot and i looked at the spot and said like i'm really not qualified to comment on single raise pots where we're 800 big blinds deep <laughs> it's like when does that ever happen it's just like it's ludicrous i have no idea what we're supposed to do on this spot so they start out at 800 big blinds deep 
and by the final table, it's eight big blinds average. It's like back to front. It just makes zero sense. They're just not trying. They're, nobody's trying. You know, whatever happened to trying? Like, okay, you want to charge high rate? Give me a great structure. Give me great customer support. Um, people can't even, you know, get a response from the, from, from the site, you know? And they, they just have the wrong people in charge. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's sad. It's only going to get worse, too, is what it seems like to me. Well, it depresses me. <laughs> you need another income stream, Luke. <laughs> I do. I got, I got my Twitter. I get I get ten dollars a year. I get ten dollars a year from everybody. You know yeah. that's been working out. You know, but it's hard because I have to root them out. I have to hunt them down Shame for my ten dollars. These people love my shit, but they can't give me ten bucks. Like, come on, man. Like, come on. And then they and, and, and then they badmouth me. There's a guy I blocked him. He's been badmouthing me for a year. It's like, buddy. You loved me before I blocked you. And then you can't even give me. And back then it was five bucks, which is very reasonable. He wouldn't even send me five bucks. It's like, I'm trying to eat over here. Like, I'm not living lavishly. Like, you guys can't see my apartment. It's not fancy, okay? I'm not living the. I'm not living it up over here. I got to, you know, it's a respectable apartment. Don't get me wrong. But, like, come on, man. Like, 10 bucks a year. I mean, that's, you know, if I get, I got 1,200 followers. I had to block 600 people, though, to get to, the, to, get to where I am right now. <laughs> And then, you know, I accept the donations, the, the run good donations. They work, though. People send me money, they win tournaments. It can't be a coincidence. It yeah, can't be that people. they're elite poker players. It's just, it's me. It's all me. Come on, people. He just needs 10 bucks to put some gas in the Lamborghini. That's, that's all he needs. There's no point in having a fucking Lamborghini if you can't drive it because you can't afford gas. What's the point? I can't even, I, can't, I don't have car insurance. Do you know how much car insurance is on a Lamborghini? <laughs> 3k a month buddy i can't you know <laughs> i gotta support my lifestyle well on that note i know he is not everyone's cup of tea but he is always our cup of tea here on the chip race and now on the lock-in luke ray will take a bow let's do it again soon i love you guys we'll cut it there